America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day for a new presidential candidate. Just what we needed. Another Republican running for the nation's highest office. Uh, not such a great day for uh, George Santos, uh, the Republican member of the House of Representatives, with a uh, basic uh, truth problem. Uh, the, he has released information about who had provided the hundreds of thousands of dollars necessary for him not to go to prison. It's also a terrible day uh, for Adam Schiff, uh, one of the leading Democrats in the House of Representatives who's currently running for the U.S. Senate from California. He just became only the third member of Congress to be censured in the last uh, 20 years. This was a very close vote. He was censured because of his pursuit of uh, President Trump. And, of course, uh, worst of all today, just moments ago, the uh, uh, the Coast Guard announced that the uh, the missing submersible, which is called the Titanic, it's a craft that held five passengers. It it has been lost. Uh, they have found debris. The uh, uh, Titanic bound submersible. They were going down to the wreckage of the original Titanic. The submersible was called Titanic. Uh, all, all five passengers have died. They included the Ocean Gate CEO, the guy who helped to design this particular craft and who was charging for the other passengers, the other four, $250,000 each to uh, go on this journey, which was a one-way uh, ticket. Uh, they... They are at the bottom of the ocean. It's 12,000 feet, uh, and uh, they don't have any word yet on uh, recovery of the bodies, which is, is so grim and so sad. Uh, this was the statement literally moments ago from uh, Coast Guard Rear Admiral uh, John W. Mauger, who was uh, in charge of the uh, search, which was covering uh, an area of the size of the state of Connecticut to try to find either on the surface or under the sea, which is where they did find some of the wreckage, uh, to find some trace of uh, this submersible craft. Uh, here is the Admiral with the sad news. This morning, an ROV, a remote-operated vehicle, from the vessel Horizon Arctic discovered the tail cone of the Titan submersible approximately 1,600 feet from the bow of the Titanic on the seafloor. The ROV subsequently found additional debris. In consultation with experts from within the Unified Command, the debris is consistent with the catastrophic loss of the pressure chamber. Upon this determination, we immediately notified the families. On behalf of the United States Coast Guard and the entire Unified Command, I offer my deepest condolences to the families. I can only imagine 
what this has been like for them. And I hope that this discovery provides some solace during this difficult time. And that was uh, Admiral Mauger with the uh, the grim announcement today. The uh, the the tour company Ocean Gate Expeditions uh, has confirmed that uh, the evidence suggests the five passengers are missing, uh, and uh, that they have died. Uh, the Coast Guard is providing an update on the search. Sub debris has been found, and uh, it, the debris found on the ocean floor, and it's about a third of a mile away from the bow of the Titanic. Uh, this uh, has been uh, assessed from the external body of the missing submersible, according to a memo. Uh, that was released by the Coast Guard. The passengers on board who have been lost were Hamish Harding, who was a British, wealthy British adventurer, member of the Explorers Club, a, an extremely wealthy uh, industrialist from Pakistan with his son, Shahzada Dawood, and the son, Suleiman Dawood, and Paul-Henri Narjolet, uh, Narjolet, uh, from France, and he was a paid passenger on the craft, and the designer and president of the company, uh, OceanGate. Uh, this, this again, I, people look at this, and here are some very wealthy people who had spent a great deal of money to go down on this expedition. Uh, the amount of money that was spent by the U.S. and Canada particularly, and other countries became involved too, actually looking for this craft is is staggering, and nobody knows for sure what that is. But of course, uh, people are talking about, well, why, why not have the families or the company involved uh, reimburse the U.S. government for, for this kind of this kind of work and this kind of investment, that it seems to me is wrong. It is one of the things that uh, people who are so disillusioned with American institutions right now, if you look at the institution of the Coast Guard and people who are going to uh, great lengths to try to uh, rescue these five people, uh, all of that uh, was for naught. But uh, that is not a bad thing about our country. It's a good thing about our country. And it's something that is humane and it seems to me appropriate that so many people have been engaged by what turns out to have been a, a true tragedy. We're going to be speaking to somebody with an international perspective and also a, a very specific perspective on one of the most recent controversies involving the presidential race, uh, John Bolton. And the reason I say that he has a perspective, particularly on this presidential race, is the other night, uh, one of the most controversial questions that Brett Baer put to uh, Donald Trump was what about all of these people? You said you were going to appoint the best people and you were going to appoint a brilliant and, and reliable and tremendous public servants. And the fact is, he did. 
but he couldn't seem to get along with them. Now, John Bolton would be one of those people who's very qualified to be national security advisor, uh, but it didn't work out. So the, one of the questions for John Bolton when we'll be speaking to him later is what is it that convinced you uh, basically that uh, it was not going to be possible to work successfully with President Trump? Because this was true for previous secretaries of state, both of the secretaries of state for President Trump, uh, previous secretaries of defense, uh, both of them uh, for President Trump, and uh, previous national security advisors and other cabinet members. What's the problem exactly there? And uh, what is the relation of that problem to this presidential race? Uh, we'll also talk about Will Hurd, the new candidate for president. And uh, I would love to hear from anybody who, if there's one of the minor candidates for president uh, who hasn't gotten as much publicity as uh, DeSantis or Trump, and you're for that person, if it's Ramaswamy or Doug Burgum of North Dakota, if there's somebody out there who supports those guys, sort of the dark horse candidates, or Will Hurd, who announced today, give us a call, 1-800-955-1776. We'll be back uh, with more on the campaign and other struggles coming up. The Michael Medved Show. Medved show there is big news from the campaign trail in uh, Tampa, Florida. Uh, governor DeSantis, who is of course the governor of Florida and is uh, the main challenger at the moment to Donald J. Trump for the Republican nomination for president. Uh, governor DeSantis apparently refused to say whether or not he would support Trump if Trump beats him for the nomination. Uh, this is what uh, that declaration sounded like. Listen. Uh, regardless of his attacks, will you 100% uh, pledge to support Trump as a GOP nominee? So what I would say is this. Um, when you are saying that Cuomo did better on COVID than Florida did, you are revealing yourself to just be full of it. Nobody believes that. And you know why? And you know why I know that? Because I remember in 2020 and 2021 when he was praising Florida for being open, saying we did it much better than New York and Michigan and everyone was coming to Florida and that we were one of the great governors in the United States. And he used to say that all the time. Now, all of a sudden, his tune is changing. And I would just tell people, do you find it credible? Do you honestly find it credible? Would you have rather been in New York during COVID under Cuomo regime? Or would you rather have been in the free state of Florida? And I probably can count the number of Republicans on my hand in the nation who would have rather been under Cuomo in New York. 
and we know that. And so these are just uh, frivolous criticisms. But uh, in some respects, I think it shows that, you know, if you have to make that argument, then you probably don't have very good arguments because the reality is everything he said about us for years, about how strong we were, how good we were, how we delivered for the state, uh, those happen to be true. And now he's trying to backtrack because he, you know, views he needs to do that. And he's saying things that are false. And so that's. Okay, this is uh, uh, a new level to the campaign. And by the way, what's what's fascinating about this is unless they change their standards for participating in the debate, uh, DeSantis is ruling himself out of the debates because they are requiring uh, a pledge that you will support the nominee of the party, whoever it happens to be. If it's Chris Christie, you've got to support him. And for Chris Christie, he's got to come around. And and Chris Christie's handling it in a particularly squirrely way because uh, basically he clearly, uh, with his, his very, very focused attacks on President Trump, he has no intention of supporting President Trump. And uh, for him to say, well, um, I'll make the same kind of pledge to support President Trump that he made back in 2016. Well, it wasn't required back in 2016. In 2016, they basically took a show of hands of all of the people. I think it was 14 that night. It was a lot of people. And uh, they took a show of hands as to how many people up there would make a pledge to support the Republican nominee, no matter who it was. And everybody did. I mean, Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio and Ben Carson and all of the candidates for president, except for Donald Trump. And, uh, okay, the idea that uh, they're going to be debating on August 23rd, and if they're still going to require this kind of pledge, but they're not going to have DeSantis or Trump uh, or presumably Chris Christie up there for the debate... What are they going to hear? The debates from the lesser candidates, the dark horse candidates. One of those uh, extreme long shots announced today. And he's a good guy. He's been on the show. Uh, I know him a little bit. He is a, a patriot and a strong conservative. And I'm talking about Will Hurd, who was a three-term congressman from Texas, who won a very difficult district for Republicans to win. And he won it as a moderate black Republican. For a time, he was the only black Republican in the House of Representatives. He's a former intelligence officer and self-described moderate who retired in 2020. And uh, he launched his bid officially this morning. He acknowledged that he's a dark horse candidate. Heard now enters a crowded field, they say, over at uh, CBS News with 11 other Republican candidates. In his announcement video, Heard uh, says that if we nominate, quote, a lawless, selfish, failed politician like Donald Trump, who lost the House, the Senate and the White House, we all know Joe Biden will win again. Uh, here is part of what the Will Heard announcement of candidacy sounded like. This is clip. Uh, the soul of our country is under attack. Our enemies plot, create chaos and threaten the American dream. At home, 
illegal immigration and fentanyl stream into our country. Inflation, inflation still out of control. Crime and homelessness growing in our cities and liberals do nothing. President Biden can't solve these problems or won't. And if we nominate a lawless, selfish, failed politician like Donald Trump, who lost the House, the Senate, and the White House, we all know Joe Biden will win again. Republicans deserve better. America deserves better. It's common sense. Common sense says we're better together. I know it. You know it. There's more that unites us than divides us. And America needs common sense during these complicated times. And then he went on to make his actual announcement, Clip B. I'm Will Hurd, and for the past 20 years, I've been on the front lines of the most pressing fights facing our nation. I hunted down terrorists in the Middle East after 9-11. In Congress, I fought to lower taxes, secure our border, and provide more opportunities for the middle class. I've worked at the highest levels of business to harness technology and innovation for the future of America. These experiences have shown me that this moment, that this election has never mattered more. That's why I'm running for the Republican nomination for president of the United States. Okay, when when we come back, uh, we'll listen to Will Hurd coming out with uh, a little bit more about his vision for the future of America. It was a short announcement. Uh, I think it was effective. The key words that he repeated time and again during his announcement were common sense. And that idea of making sense, of common sense, uh, most people, I think, uh, regardless whether you're liberal, conservative, moderate, where you are, the lack of common sense in terms of our leadership and the priorities, particularly that the Democratic Party is putting forward, are, are so much lacking and so much need readjustment uh, that maybe there will be an audience to hear what Will Hurd is trying to communicate and trying to sell here. We'll be right back on The Medved Show. The Michael Medved Show. Michael Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved Show, a former congressman, Will Hurd, uh, announcing his candidacy for president today. Uh, he was considered for many years a rising star in the Republican Party and certainly somebody who was associated with the uh, idea of common sense and uh, building, expanding the Republican base. He was, for a time, the only uh, black Republican in the uh, United States House of Representatives. And uh, Will Hurd announcing his candidacy this morning did so with a video. By the way, there's a, a brand new video by President Trump, which we're going to play in just a moment. Uh, just <laughs> ripping Ron DeSantis. Wow. 
Uh, we'll get to that. But Will Hurd uh, laid out his vision for the future of our country in his announcement this morning. Uh, listen. I envision an America where the economy thrives because we harness technologies like artificial intelligence to grow American jobs, not unemployment. An America where every child, regardless of location or age, has access to a safe, world-class education. An America that acknowledges science, addresses mental health, and is inclusive and understanding. It's not a given that this vision for America will happen, but it can if we focus on our timeless principles and limitless potential, not self-interested politics. As president, I'll put our American security and prosperity first, and I'll give us the common sense leadership America so desperately needs. I'm Will Hurd. I'm running for president, and I approve this message. Okay, common sense leadership. Um, Hurd was first elected to serve the 23rd Congressional District of Texas, which was basically a Democratic district for a long time. He won first in 2014 when he unseated uh, Democratic Representative Pete Gallego by roughly two points. And then in 2016, Heard beat Gallego again, but by a narrower margin. And then in 2018, third time he was running, he secured re-election a final time, uh, beating his Democratic opponent 49.2% to 48.7%, just a half a percent. He opted not to run again in 2020. The uh, former congressman is viewed as a moderate, uh, partially because... He has been a champion of universal background checks for purchasing firearms, and uh, he voted against the uh, repeal of Obamacare. Uh, he also, in 2016, when the Access Hollywood tape came out, when uh, you're a star, they let you do it, and President Trump bragging about grabbing women on their beep, um, in any event, when that was um, uh, surfaced, that particular tape, uh, the former congressman was one of those people who called upon President Trump to withdraw from the race. He didn't, of course, and the rest is history. He uh, also, uh, Congressman Hurd, has always been opposed to the border wall calling it the most expensive and least effective way to solve the influx of migrants. Uh, he um, also, today in his announcement, called President Trump a proven uh, loser. The former congressman now joins a GOP primary field, a chock full of Republican heavyweights like the former president, Florida Governor DeSantis, former Vice President Mike Pence, who, by the way, just got a very important endorsement today. Mike Pence was endorsed by the outgoing governor of Indiana, uh, Governor Holcomb. And uh, Eric Holcomb has endorsed him, uh, calling in his uh, announcement, he said, I've known Mike Pence for decades. Throughout those years, he's remained as honest as the day is long. And that counts for something. Uh Tim Scott, the senator from South Carolina, the other black Republican in the race, 
former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, former Arkansas Governor and Federal Prosecutor Asa Hutchinson, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, uh, businessman Vivek Ramaswamy, and the conservative radio personality Larry Elder, friend of the show, and uh, the Miami Mayor Francis Suarez. They're all running, but they all are counting on either the withdrawal from the race or the collapse of his candidacy of this guy, uh, the former president who wants a return trip, a return ticket to the White House for another four years. He just released a video online uh, which was focused on what has become a smoldering dislike or contempt uh, between President Trump and Governor DeSantis. Listen, clip six. The very stupid and little respected China-loving club for no growth, which has been backing Ron DeSanctimonious as his poll numbers have been absolutely crashing, has just spent some of the rhino money they have accumulated on an ad campaign, hoping to counter the fact that DeSanctis, just off the worst presidential launch in history, opted three times to cut and destroy Social Security, even lifting the minimum age to 70 years old. He also voted to cut Medicare and institute a 23% national sales tax which will hit our country hard. Ron has always been a loser. In fact, he was going to lose the election in record numbers until I endorsed him. So it was an artificial win. In any event, club for no growth. They were with me and they won. When I cut off ties to them, they continuously lose. Let's keep it that way. Uh, let's keep it that way for the club for growth. By the way, uh, De Sanctus, or he calls him De Sanctus or De Sanctimonious, uh, has always been a loser. <laughs> Look at his last race. Uh, his last race, he won by 19 points in Florida, which has not been a heavy Republican state. And the idea that when he's talking about a, an artificial win, he's not talking about 2020. Uh, at 2022, where he just won, he's talking about 2018, where he had a close primary and it was a close race in the general election, but he won both of those. But he also won three congressional races without any help from President Trump at all. And uh, the the idea that, uh, that DeSantis has said today that he won't necessarily support President Trump, can you blame him? And uh, I assume that President Trump would say the same thing. The Sanctus. Yeah, g given how angry he is at the Sanctus, uh, and, uh, and I, I, I'm not even sure what he's trying to do there because Sanctus in Latin means holy. <laughs> I mean, is, and Sanctimonious, uh, of course, which he also uses. Uh, it usually means someone who is um, uh, holy in an artificial and uh, inappropriate way. Uh, given what DeSantis has achieved just politically in Florida, the idea that he has always been a loser is 
profoundly, profoundly unfair. Now, there's another issue that has come up, and uh, we will get to it, was the issue last night where just about every Republican in the House of Representatives participated in a razor-close vote to vote a resolution of censure against Adam Schiff based upon uh, allegedly the terrible things he did more than two years ago. What did he do? And what about the resolution of censure? And what does it mean? We'll get to that coming up on the Medved Show. Michael Medved show. Uh, one of the things that I think ought to have been proven by the two efforts to impeach Donald Trump, uh, both of them partisan efforts, uh, both of them misguided because they couldn't possibly succeed. They couldn't possibly vote him out of office because uh, there there wasn't that kind of Democratic majority in the U.S. Senate. And to vote a president out of office with impeachment, you need 67 votes. And they didn't even come close either time. Uh, the impeachments, as I said at the time, were a mistake. They were misguided. Regardless of the issues involved, and I, they raised some serious issues, particularly the second impeachment, which had to do with the January 6th riots and the attempts to... Uh, stand in the way of a peaceful transition of power, which is really part of our sacred national tradition. But, okay, as pointless as those impeachment exercises were by the Democrats, the Republicans did something last night that is even more pointless. Uh, House censures Representative Adam Schiff over Trump-Russia investigations. And I stated something wrong. I said this is uh, based upon events of two years ago. It's not. It's not. It's based on, on, on events of more than five years ago. And uh, the uh, Associated Press writes, the House voted last night to censure California Representative Adam Schiff for comments he made five years ago about investigations into Donald Trump's ties to Russia rebuking the Democrat and frequent critic of the former president along party lines. Uh, Schiff uh, becomes the 25th House lawmaker in our history of more than on nearly 250 years uh, to be censured. He was defiant before the vote, saying he will wear the formal disapproval as a badge of honor and charging his GOP colleagues with doing the former president's bidding. The uh, vote for censure was 213 all Republicans and uh, 209 along party lines with, I believe it was four Republican members who didn't vote. Uh, and here is um, uh, what Lauren Boebert, the congresswoman from Colorado, had to say on the House floor uh, speaking in favor of this impeachment it wasn't an impeachment of this censure resolution of which she was one of the prime authors. Uh, listen. Adam Schiff 
is a complete disgrace to our nation and to our Constitution. He put the American people through four years of an endless impeachment hoax that he knew from the beginning was a lie. He represents the worst of permanent Washington, using his position of trust to lie to the American people. He received intelligence briefings that other members and the public did not have access to. And he used this position of trust to lie and to advance his own partisan agenda. Schiff's disgraceful time in Congress has destroyed Americans' faith in our institutions. Today, I am proud to stand with my colleague and friend from Florida, Anna Paulina Luna, to try and undo some of the damage that Adam Schiff has done by finally holding this crook accountable. Accountable. Okay, uh, when she talks about this taking up four years, the uh, the impeachment wasn't that long. It it, it wasn't the, the impeachment actually uh, occurred on uh, by the House of Representatives December eighteenth, two thousand nineteen. And uh, then it was resolved, voted in the Senate, voted down in the Senate, uh, February 5th, 2020. So it was one month, two weeks, and four days. It wasn't four years. The other aspect of this is this comes at a time which is kind of awkward for people like uh, uh, Lauren Bobbitt. Um, and uh, it's a Bobert. I should, I should, it, John Durham just uh, gave testimony before the House of Representatives. And uh, the, the one point that they make uh, about summarizing the testimony, they say it wasn't the most riveting, this is at NBC, it wasn't the most riveting of hearings, but here's the bottom line. John Durham found nothing to discredit special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. At no point in his testimony did he take the bait from Republicans to give credence to Trump's Russia hoax rhetoric. If anything, Durham went out of his way to praise his predecessor, that would be Robert Mueller as special counsel, even if his grasp on what Mueller found proved to be a bit shaky. Uh, and he was asked repeatedly whether there was evidence that Russia had tried to interfere with the election of 2016. And he said yes. And he said yes repeatedly. And this is John Durham, who was supposed to expose the crime of the century. Uh, the uh, uh, Durham confirmed under Democratic questioning that current Attorney General Merrick Garland did not interfere with his investigation or tell him that any potential targets were off-limits. He admitted that the reason that former President Obama and former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton still walk free, no matter how much Trump world wants them behind bars, lock her up, lock her up, is that there's simply no evidence of wrongdoing. That's what John Durham said. Likewise, none of the three individuals he did prosecute, two of whom were acquitted, were accused of taking part in a supposed deep state plot to take down Trump. 
It's a far cry from when the former president was promising that Durham's probe would reveal the crime of the century. Instead, Durham said in his opening statement that, quote, his report should not be read to suggest in any way that Russian election interference was not a threat. It was a threat. That's in his opening statement. And when it came to Mueller himself, Durham didn't hold back in his praise. Our object, our aim was not to dispute Director Mueller, Durham said. I have the greatest regard, the highest regard for Director Mueller. He is a patriot. Okay. <laughs> and uh, this uh, then uh, gives uh, Adam Schiff some of the... Uh, well, this is... Uh, we will get to Adam Schiff in a moment, but it's worth playing... The announcement of the outcome of the vote, this by Kevin McCarthy. And listen to our House of Representatives. This is 4.5. By its adoption of House Resolution 521, the House is resolved. That the House of Representatives censures Adam Schiff, representative of the 30th Congressional District of California. For misleading the American public... And for, and for conduct unbecoming of an elected member of the House of Representatives, the Representative Adam Schiff will be forthwith present himself in the well of the House of Representatives for the pronouncement of censure. That Representative Adam Schiff will be censured with the public reading of this resolution by the Speaker. And that the Committee on Ethics shall conduct an investigation into Representative Adam Schiff's falsehoods, misrepresentations, and abuse of sensitive information. When it, it was time for Schiff to then come down to the front of the chamber to be formally immediately after the vote, the normally solemn ceremony turned into more of a celebratory atmosphere. Dozens of Democrats crowded to the front, clapping and cheering for Schiff and patting him on the back. They chanted, no, shame, and Adam, Adam. When House Speaker Kevin McCarthy started to read the resolution out loud, as is tradition after a censure, Democrats heckled him to the point that he stopped and gave up, leaving the chamber. A censure all of us, one Democrat yelled. A shift, the former Democratic chairman of the House Intelligence Committee and the uh, lead prosecutor in Trump's first impeachment trial, has long been a top Republican political target. Uh, soon after taking back the majority this year, Republicans blocked him from sitting on the intelligence panel. On both sides, this kind of highly personal uh, back and forth, the lock her up logic of uh, wanting not just to beat your opponents, not wanting to be voted out of office, perfectly legitimate, but wanting to put them in jail, wanting to disgrace them, wanting to, quote, own them. Uh, we can do better in this greatest nation on God's green earth.